Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Well, guys, welcome to the Lovecraft tapes podcast. This is Case 14 Hypnos. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore. And we play Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and jazz hands with tentacle fingers. Your investigators of the unknown are Gabe as Roy. Hi. Uh, I, I forgot that we do intros for the <laughs> Q&A. <laughs> Matt as Rocky. I forgot that Gabe forgot that we do intros for the Q&A. And Brian as Pippo. What? What's a Q&A? Exactly. I don't even know if I should have uh, used those investigator names. I don't know. <laughs> Jazz hands. But we're going to get to that here. That's kind of why I wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> like, uh, I think that's wrong. It's fine. Well, welcome, players. Tonight, we will be answering questions regarding the podcast and our recently completed scenario. Spoiler alert to everybody, and I mean this in a big way. We will discuss all of the nitty-gritty details of this adventure. So if you haven't listened yet, you may want to go back and start at Case 14, Tape 1, Prologue. Before listening to the rest of this episode, you have been warned. Please. please. We're not please. talking about this case at all. You don't <laughs> need to put a spoiler warning. We're going to be talking about everything except this case. Except this case, yes. Uh, so, listeners, if you would like to send us a letter from beyond at any point, anytime, if you ever have a question about the podcast, please do so on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. And also a general reminder that if you would like to chat with us in real time, Join our Discord server at discord.lovecrafttapes.com today. And Brian will make a fresh-baked apple pie with extra cinnamon and hand-churned vanilla ice cream on top. Mm. I'll churn something on top. Hand-churned. <laughs> All right. Well, this show is brought to you in part, part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. And we're going to go ahead and thank those folks right now because it's been a little while. All of them? All of them. They all got to go. single one of them. I get to say whatever I want because he's not editing this. <laughs> exactly. Well, I am editing. I'm just not oh. separating the track. Unless so. I talk all over you. Yeah, please don't. All right, here we go. Uh, thank you to Jordy Rose, Barry Robeson, Atulia, James Mayo, Brownie Davis, Elizabeth Grieve, Chris Parker, Kyle Sherman, Huge Pie, John Scarcella, Jefferson Bell, Amanda Power, The Frilled Shark, Eric Zane, Olda Polkert, Mitchell, Frank Delventhal, Little Rowan Plays, Eric Phillips, Snow, Malambra 57, Ripley Iwin, Discordiant, Daniel Caprone, Dom Driver, John May, Wouter Vermeyen, Phil Dickinson, Andrew Petty, Robert Jameson, scroll, 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 Boston Harbor Whore, Flix Capacitator, Liz Moonberry, Stephen Gregory, Yogg, Horst Draper, Sheldon Warner, Chainsaw Unicorn, Captain Vashton, Peter VDB, Cheers. Prophet of Woe, Davinia Vonzarevich, James Brown, David Winterman, Shane Stoley, Ruined Ashes, Ineptus Astartes, Matthew, not that one, A.E. Jonesy, oh. Marty Dixon, Kevin C., Casper Ryback, Phoenix Black, J.R., Oddity, Rolling Boxcars, Brindle Stubbs, Ba Tran, hey Ba, Jay Clark, Jeffrey Young, Bifford, Holden Omans, Phil Campbell, Nicholas Hutto, Justin Levesque, John Konopasik, Mick Cope, Kevin G, Robert Lamb, Jehovah's Thickness, hey. Some Dude, Tomas, Luke Corbin, Benjamin King, Kie, Sir Wizard of Isenglass, 
Steve L., Matt's sister, literally. I got walls and a roof, Ryan Hill, and Smegmas Grundle Gunge. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all of the support Woo! you've given us, particularly all your sweet, sweet Witcher quick, coins. Quick question. Hmm. When did Scroll, Scroll, Scroll sign up? Scroll, Scroll, Scroll has <laughs> been a supporter for a long time. You can tell by the carpal tunnel I have. <laughs> Ever since he tunnel. needed more than one more than one page to read off the names. Yeah, six, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's many. a great problem to have. Thank you very much, everybody. Yeah, appreciate that, guys. Well, now, dear investigators, we recap case 14, Hypnose. Oh, oh. Pre, pre, previously on the Lovecraft tapes. After Roy Arroyo emerges from the New York City subway tunnels in a not-quite-dead-yet comatose state, Rocky and Pippa spend a year in Arkham, researching a way to retrieve him from his unnatural slumber. With the help of Professor Wingate Peasley, Danny, and Maria, the team manages to harness the supernatural power of the curious gemstone Rocky brought back from the Library City to send them into Roy's unconscious mind. What they didn't know was the dreamscape rubs up dangerously close to the dreamlands, one bleeding into the other and attracting the attention of nearby elder things who are eager to collect a long overdue debt. All right, let's A some cues. And FYI, we will also be monitoring live chat for any last minute questions. So feel free to lob us some zingers there. And we'll do our best to address them on the fly. They haven't had zingers in forever. Zingers, aren't they the best? Yeah. Mm. Dolly Madison, right? Mm. All right, we're going to get this thing going right off the bat with a question for me from Ineptus to Stardis. Uh, just out of curiosity, what would have been the result complication in case 12 if Rocky had called Greta about Roy being seen in town? Oh, my. So my original uh, intent was to have some sort of confrontation or rekindling of something between Roy and Greta. And uh, it just never panned out that way. Obviously Rocky didn't take the uh, initiative to uh, inform him uh, or inform Greta. So it, uh, it just never came about, but I thought that would be kind of funny if we could revisit her. And, you know, we knew that she'd already moved out of town and was selling the house and all that stuff. But um, that did sort of change because I thought there might be an opportunity there for, um, Roy in case 12 to uh, re-enter the family situation and see how that played out after being gone for so long. So it just did not work. All right. Uh, Chris Parker has one for me as well. Uh, the investigators jaunts through the dreamlands included a ton of opportunities to revisit fam fam familiar encounters and environments in new and surprising ways where the players choices and reactions about what you expected. Um, not really. No, I, I kind of had this, um, situated where, um, they would go through each of these in, in each of these dreamscapes. Um, and in each one, I originally patterned after a house. That was part of the reason why I used house in the title of some of the, um, songs. So I was really trying to each time it was going to be into a different house, but then we kind of got a little sidetracked and I started using, wholesale plots from previous um, things. And I get latched onto the idea that it'd be great to have these guys interact and then play some of those previous characters. Um, I didn't get the idea to have them 
change into the other characters on the fly until almost right before that first one occurred. So because we record uh, every two or every week, it allows me time to like modify the the plans that I have. And, and hopefully that all panned out for everybody. So it was um, fun. Brian, do you have a question for somebody? No, I don't believe in them. Cool. No, but uh, we do have a live chat question from Frilled Shark for Gabe. Okay. He wants to know how many of the Arroyo boys are playing on the Red Sox, given that it's the future. Well, Red Sox proper, not any, but if you go through their minor league systems, we got quite a few of our boys in there, you know, six or seven of them. And given that it's the future, I will admit that there's like 498 Arroyo boys, but it's okay. We're getting those numbers up and they're going to make the big leagues eventually. And all their socks are red. No. Except for one person who has pink socks because no. they accidentally washed no. them with the white ones. No. All right, Brad, go ahead. What a Matthew. Who, me? No. Gabe. No. Oh. Matt, when facing an elder god, do you just throw all caution to the wind and wing it? Or do you plan it out in your head quickly? I like to try and plan things out as best Wrong. as possible. No. Oh. Sorry, can we take that from the top? I was yeah, in the wrong page yeah. of the script. It's all right. Uh, I like to try and plan things out as, as best as possible, but with the way that things go around here and the wrath of the dice gods, that doesn't always happen. But I think that's half the fun is coming up with a plan, and then when things go sideways, trying to recover that plan in the best way possible often leads to some really fun situations and hilarious moments that is true nice matt you got a question for somebody i do gabe if i were to go and look up uh roy arroyo in the dictionary what one moment from the podcast would would we use to epitomize him uh it's such an easy answer it's the phone shooting shooting the phone out of his hand it's probably my best role that didn't affect the story in a very big way ever. It's really just says everything that you need to know about Roy right there. The way that he goes about solving problems and the way that he goes about his day-to-day existence. All right, Gabe, you got a question for somebody? I got one for you, Jeremy. Shoot. Um, In the finale, Mm -hmm. had Roy let Bugshosh go and keep going would he have lived or would he have found a demise in another way he, he would have lived does that mean that james chose matt to be the one to die that's correct uh, yeah J- james <laughs> james had very uh specific instructions and the and this this opens up a great and if you guys haven't seen the or you know listen to the last thing you definitely want to we gave a spoiler this. warning yep yeah uh so J- James uh, had the instruction to basically kill each of the NPCs, right? Peasley, Maria, and Danny, in order to demonstrate to you guys that there was probably very little hope of standing up to this particular uh, creature. So uh, he did choose, and he chose it right there on the fly as we played. I, I said, go to one PC, go to one investigator, Ch- your choice, because it was his choice. That's the perk. And and he on the fly he chose Rocky to be the and it made sense plot wise because that's yeah. who owed the debt 
And, mm-hmm. uh, and, but his other instruction was to walk away. But if the investigators press the point, it's up to you how to deal with it. Nice. That's it. So, uh, yeah. Gabe's <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. it's what Roy would have done. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He wouldn't let his brother suffer. I, I, well, I think it worked out pretty well. I mean, he would. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have a question for Brian. Uh, have you enjoyed Pippa's evolution from second tier realtor to reluctant investigator to sanity drained magic user? No, because she was a first tier realtor. <laughs> so get it right. Get it right. Yeah, I think that she was a very fun character to play. Um, coming in, the development alone, coming in, not knowing what she could do or what she could accomplish, and by the end of it, having almost total control over what she could do. Mm-hmm. It was very satisfying to to, 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 to develop that character. Um, Still had more that could have gone, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's with any character that you play, though. But um, I would have liked to have her have a little more confidence than I than I ended up with. But uh, she definitely leaps and bounds over where she started, for sure, I think. And I think I stayed true to the character through throughout. Cool. Uh, follow-up question, where is Tina Quinlan right now? Where is tiny Tina Quinlan? I believe... She was in my room in Blaine Manor oh. when it all went down. So interesting. Okay, I so, tell you, she did. She did. Blaine Manor's gone. She so did. She's before Rocky gone. killed her in cold blood. <laughs> Tina, Tina Quinlan. All right, uh, Atulia and Chris Parker both had the same questions. So, and this is to everybody: uh, which case revisit jaunt was each person's favorite? Mine was um, playing Sam again. That was that was awesome. Cool. Really enjoyed that a lot. I agree. Having the opportunity to interact with Sam again as Roy, I always felt that that was uh, uh, my favorite player to play a relationship. Yeah. We were close. It was good. I mean, same here. Getting the chance to go back even as even for just but, you know, two minutes to go back yeah. and play Detox and Dan again. It was it was a surprise, but it was a a lot of fun. But which one was your favorite? Was Chris? Yeah, question. you say you can't say two. Okay, uh, detox. Nice short lived character that I had a lot of plans for that I'm really sad never got to go anywhere. But yeah, you know, the the little revisit was very enjoyable. You um, still bring it up once a week when we have breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite was the uh, the very last one uh, where you guys were in the dreamlands proper and got to deal with the Cersei and all that. Yeah, I just really enjoyed that particular one. That's cool. Uh, Justin Levesque has one for uh, you guys, I think, mostly. Uh, how much does playing performing live affect your gameplay? I guess it's for all of us. And or decision making versus playing offline with other friends groups. So, you know, us broadcasting live. How does, yeah, yeah. It, how does this affect your gameplay or decision making? doesn't affect mine at all. I mean, once we start playing, I don't even pay attention. I use the camera to see your reactions to see that's how I that's what I feed off of. So the decisions I make, I get the reactions from you guys. And then that determines where I'm going to go next. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's nice having that because a lot of times if you play in person, you're like behind your sheet or you're not paying attention to each other. You're trying to look at the 
you know, the play space. And um, this really changes up because there's not really much in front of you other than the fellow players and the keeper. So it's 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 pretty cool to do it this way. For me, it doesn't affect my decision making at all. Um, but for my gameplay, I actually think it kind of makes me a better game player because I'm more reliable to explain my actions and not ever be lazy about it. And uh, because to me, when I play these games, my goal is to make the people that I'm playing with laugh. And mm-hmm. an audience like that is just an extension of look at how many more people I have to try and make laugh. Yeah, I don't really change my decision making process, but gameplay wise, it being live in front of what you know is going to be a large group of people makes me a lot more cognizant of my like my need to I like to you know make sure that I'm not getting too far but you like to take small tangents here and there but when I'm you know on a clock we're recording for you know the show I like to make sure I stick to the story and I kind of help move that story forward and maybe you know try and lay down a few beats of the story of my own and when I'm playing just casually, I'm a little more inclined to kind of wander around a little more than I already am on the show. Yeah. You do need to stick to the script more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it does. That's a great uh, comment there, Matt, because it is like we, we are very cognizant that we have a certain time frame we have to fill um, and try not to go too much over that. I, I understand that I have you know, a, like an hour window for editing. So I need at least 90 minutes to condense that. So all of that, uh, does tend to shape the way I, you know, frame the tempo of each play session and, uh, try to make sure that we, we hit those marks. Uh, Croce has a question for everybody. How was it to revisit the old cases and characters in the dreamlands? It was a lot of fun to see old characters and PCs again and to hear Matt do an Australian accent on the spot. So I think we kind of already answered that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we really enjoyed that aspect of it. It was fun to sort of trot out, you know, like it was a little like an encore presentation of all those characters. And and for me to play the NPCs, too, and also bolster that was, was a way to do that as well because I wanted to make sure that I had NPCs that each of the investigators could play off of who had a history of playing off that. And so it was really just like a, a kind of, you know, a curtain call kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, knowing what we knew. So, okay, Brian, you got another question for somebody? Yeah. Um, Jeremy, mm-hmm. how many key points throughout season 14 did we bypass or just ignore? And did you get frustrated by that? No, not at all. Uh, again, because we've done this so so many times, yeah. and because I plan on the fly and can change my um, the overall scheme of things, uh, I, I don't get frustrated anymore. I do. Okay. I guess I do get frustrated, like when I think something is right there in front of you for the taking. Oh, and I'm yes, practically spoon feeding you the information, and yeah. you don't bite. I'm like, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, so that that that's more about me planning things that are integral and need to be discovered and then not giving you the proper mechanism to do that. But even though it sort of worked out fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is that aspect of it, but beyond that, no, we, we hit all of the, the things that we needed to, there was nothing really um, that um, I will say planned that you were like, Oh, I wish they would have not, not really. You know what? The whole, the whole um, Marlene and the skeleton key. 
Yeah. That was bullshit. I made all that up. It wasn't the original <laughs> okay, plan. Okay, I was wondering. It was, it was originally planned to have you guys collect each of the gemstones, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And, and, but I sort of had, you know, I wanted to kind of change up. It, it couldn't be you guys entering each of these jaunts with, right. with one nightmare after another. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it'd be hilarious to take Marlene, who was a nightmarish creature, yeah. and flip her. And just that make her great. That. make her helpful, make her <laughs> yeah, make her friendly. Hey guys, yeah, yeah, it was great. Like it was a role that she played, and we were all in the yeah. show. And then hey, but before it, that episode, we played yeah. that episode. The previous episode ended with her basically getting re- you guys getting ready to confront her. Right, so right. She, she was coming out of the cave, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we we did that. At at that point, my intention was to have you confront her and defeat her and get the gemstone. Yeah. But over the course of the next week, I realized we had to change the tone a little bit. And that's when I flipped her. So nice. I just rewrote those aspects of it. That's cool. So Her and the head were two yeah. of my favorite things. from That this was scenario. awesome. Yeah, it's, it was great. Some fun. We're going to have some fun, man. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you got something? I do. But first, we have another chat question. Uh, Frilled Shark says for everyone, what is one accent slash voice for a character that you haven't done yet, but you want to do? That's rough because we've done so much. I'd like to do a gruffy sounded voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gruffy? You, you want to be the big guy with his arms crossed at the door, not talking to anybody? Is that what you want? Hey no, guys, he wants how's to be going? gruff and gruff. That's all I do is that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 li- I really liked um, oh, the guy who, who was running the Cat Cthulhu machine, the... Oh, I, I yeah. like that character. I liked him to be just, you know, crazy and, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to play more goofy characters. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm really bad at accents. And, I mean, having only played two characters, I haven't really done a lot. But I think, I, I think like, a vaudeville voice would be, like, a lot of fun. Funnily enough, Atulia, uh, you actually hit where I'm, where I'd like to land someday. Uh, is trying to do either Irish or Scottish. Yeah. Uh, Declan was originally going to be that character. And then Boop. I'm not saying, you know, something, some, some happened mm. with that, but uh, yeah. You In the Black hijacked. Cat Society, we did, I did Irish, I think. Yeah, maybe. In that episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the episode I did my attempt at. Uh, <laughs> at uh, Lord Megora. No, who was it that I did for that one? Uh, J.K. Simmons. Oh, yeah. Doing his J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man movies. Nice. That's true. Uh, Gabe, you got a question? Uh, Yeah, for Matt. uh, Something that I planned on uh, saying to Rocky at some point, I just never really could find a good time to do it, was I wanted to bring up to Rocky Declan's last words of remember pago pago how would rocky have reacted to this had uh it had ever been brought up and what happened in pago pago uh, we don't like to talk about what happened in pago pago <laughs> needless to say it's not called pago pago anymore <laughs> or at least nobody remembers it as pago pago cognito hazards will do that now it's just pago pago <laughs> no now it's just pago Ooh. In the course of in the course of, of solving a mystery, we accidentally deleted a pego from Pego Pego. 
It happens. All right, cool. Uh, I have a question for Matt. Uh, of all the investigators, Rocky's journey has seemed the most constant and unwavering. Do you like playing characters that are grimly determined, or are you more drawn to those who change over time and are perhaps slightly less singular in their attitude? I like the possibilities that come from a character that's uncertain, that is shaped by their actions and their environment. But there's also, I think, uh, uh, an equal amount of interest, especially when you're playing with two other characters that are so that especially like you look at Pippa and how much she moved and you look at where Roy ended and you have two characters that are very much moving back and forth and kind of going with things and shifting when they need to. And I think I thought it was a really interesting dynamic to play off them as a character who was very singular minded and focused and kind of had that anchor point for the team so that, you know, we always had somewhere to come back to because Rocky always knew what his mission was. Even if he didn't know how to get there, he knew he was going to get there in the end. That makes sense. All right. Uh, Ineptus the Stardust has a question for me. If Rocky had neglected to go back down into the basement after finding Roy gone, for example, he and Pippa just going straight to New York, would you still have destroyed Blaine Manor? <laughs> um, I, th- I think, I, well, my intention was to destroy Blaine Manor and sort of just get that out of play because we had spent yeah. so much time there. Um, but un- unless there was um, a way to do it where it made sense, um, I, don't, I don't think it would have ever come back into play, really. So it wouldn't have mattered either way. Yeah. Right. We're in the hotel and there's a news report. Yeah. Blaine Manor blew up. We could have easily Uh had uh, these guys in case 14 be in Blaine Manor rather than in uh, Peasley's uh, house. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad we did it the way we did it. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's gone. It was overdue. And it was sort of made sense that because of the uh, Charles Blaine and, and Samantha Blaine being gone, the soul of it was gone. So we just had to kind of. You know, take care of that. Uh, Justin Levesque has a question for the investigators. How fun and or scary is it to have the moments where the only way out is through and you find yourself having to make decisions that will cause yourself and or the group mortal danger or worse? I think those are the best moments when you're forced to kind of crystallize your thought into action and you're like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, results be damned. Whatever happens, happens, I think are my favorite, my favorite points, because it's it's you, you know, you release your pitch and you see where the ball goes and wherever it ends up is where it ends up. And the fallout and dealing with the consequences always make for such interesting story moments, especially when things go wrong, as much as I love you know, rolling hard successes. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost more entertaining when we fumble because yeah. that process of, you know, rerouting and recovering is just inherently story-wise a lot more interesting. Yeah. I think that everything would be very boring if it all went as yeah. according to plan and our characters would never develop. <laughs> right. It's true. If everything went smoothly, it'd be like Scooby-Doo to pull off the mask. Ah, here's the killer. Old you man know? Jenkins. Yeah, Matt every you. time. He would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for Matt and that d- dog. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris Parker has a question for everybody. What were the challenges or advantages 
involved in revisiting these situations that felt familiar a second time through. I think everyone's perspective here are valuable. Uh, Jeremy writing to tie things together coherently, Brian RPing as a new investigator, Gabe with the longest living investigator, and Matt's deep and diverse investigators. And so for me, I think I've already said it, the, the advantage for me as writing that was to sort of tie up things, you know, and, and try to try to stitch together an emotional um, touchstone that would come into play at the very end, right? Because without that uh, trip down memory lane with all those characters, it, it the ending of this has less... Uh, emotional impact in my eyes, but now I feel like we've we've encompassed almost everything and tried to wrap things up and pop yeah. it in there. I think playing a fresh character, a new new start. It's just like for me personally, it's it's I don't know where they're going to end up or where they're going. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's fun to play something that you haven't played before just to get that fresh excitement at the beginning of a of a playthrough. So yeah, and I think. Uh, more to Chris's question, uh, you know, because your character doesn't have a whole lot of history, right? The revisiting those old characters um, mm -hmm. or, or or familiar um, places you hadn't been there, and your character even said it, right? I've never been here, so yeah. it, for you, it must have been disorienting, I would think. Well, and so, you're you're you as a player probably had to be your challenge was to yeah to try to figure like make sense of that. Right. Yeah. Um, for the other guys, you know, they had an advantage, right? Rocky even said yeah. like, Oh, I've been here before. Or Roy is this a couple place times too. He's like, yeah, it's down this way. You know, yeah. they kind of thought they knew where the mm -hmm. answer to these things were. Um, but that was also a challenge, wasn't it? Cause I remember Rocky thinking that to head straight to the basement in the haunted, yeah. haunted mansion thing to try to find the dark heart but it ended up being being up in the attic. Yeah, I definitely think that playing a character with history like I have, uh, I think that that's, for me, it's a lot more fun just because being able to constantly build off of my experiences and when I get to go back to see things like that, it just, it, it's like a trip, it is literally a trip down memory lane. And I think just, especially the dynamic of being able to bring people like you said, who haven't been there and have to like try and explain things to them is a fun challenge. Always fun, especially the the journey from going to or going from new to old, being able to take what is essentially a bunch of numbers and letters on a sheet and build it out into a, you know, a three dimensional, fully fleshed out living being is always the most exciting part of the journey. Um, being able to build in those, you know, those little flaws and character ticks that you can only really find when you're actually inhabiting that character and when you're running them through their paces. And it's always really exciting to see who that character really is at the end versus who you had, you know, imagined in your brain when you were, you know, giving them a name and putting points into stats. Frill Shark wants to know... Did you expect the players to do the Russian doll strategy at the end? I hoped they would. <laughs> it was completely up to them how they wanted to to do the three things. But I, yeah. I, I was most attracted and it made more thematic sense to to go that route. So I was glad yeah. that they settled upon that. 
Well, naturally, if you hoped that we would, you must have thought we wouldn't. Yeah, just one of those things where I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but no, it, it made sense because I, I fully expected I knew Rocky's predilection for being a martyr. Yeah. Uh, so I thought perhaps he might, you know, try to lure out and, and it kind of, kind of was up to him how to go. These guys convinced him to do the other thing, but I kind of think maybe he, he would have, uh, dove into the well and that would have been the end of that. So, uh, yeah. So I think that's that. Uh, Crozy has a question for me. Were there any things that you wanted to include that got cut for time? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like I said, I did change things as we went. And to be honest, you know, we, I think we're at, uh, 10 or 11 episodes per case now. And at a certain point you can only do so many repetitive things. You know, how many, how many houses are we going to have these guys visit each episode, you know, or each tape. So in this, in this case, no, I, I felt it, it, uh, went about as long as it should have. And, uh, I was happy that we stitched it up where we did. So, uh, Brian, you got your last question for Gabe. Is there any time at all since you've been playing with us that you still think about and regret the choice that you made? Ooh, a decision that you made. Not necessarily mm. a choice, but... I don't think there is, though. I mean, some of the unnatural, cruel moments that I've had, mm-hmm. I think those are the ones that I'm tempted to point out. But I, I ultimately think that they play into what I wanted him to be. Yeah. So I think I played Roy truthfully as I desired him to be as a character. So I think it would be inconsistent of me to say that I'm unhappy with actions. And even if there are actions that frankly kind of made me as a person sick to be doing, it <laughs> felt right in the moment. Uh, so I, and everything I think his arc went pretty much perfectly. I, I think the way that he ended up dying is a perfect way for him to go. I thought that all of his moments of empathy, fleeing as they were, were placed well. So, no, I, I don't think... Th- I think if I were to do it again, I, I'd do it like that. I, I, I'm very happy with his arc overall. Uh, Matt, you got a final question for us? I do, for you, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Rocky had gone through... With throwing himself down the well, mm. how would that have changed the endgame scenario with with Bugshosh's return to murder everyone? Yeah, well, so when you guys were presented with that um, scenario uh, and the option, how are you going to deal with Bugshosh in the Dreamlands in uh, Ulthar? Um, I had no concept that there would be a tape 13. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, it occurred to me after the fact, I was like, Oh wait, if I can get James to do this yeah, and I can wrangle everybody for a final, final post epilogue. Yeah. Um, that, that to me, that was the, the best uh, moment of this entire case was when we were able to wrangle everybody. I was able to get James to record the epilogue to interrupt the epilogue. Yeah, so we went so full, full meta. Right. Yep. So Bugshoss is intruding upon me, the keeper, recording the epilogue. Uh, that was a hilarious fun for me. I don't know if anyone yeah. else got it, but it was I great. loved it. And then for that to be the the uh, f- 
foundation for you guys' final um, confrontation with him. Uh, that that was great fun for me. So yeah, uh, yeah. So but if uh, if Rocky had dove down the well, we probably would have bumped James's perk to case fifteen, right? Um, or I, I didn't want to be flipping about it because he paid and he was our mm-hmm. first um, yeah. Dreamland supporter. So I want to make sure he got his money's worth and the, yep. and not only to point to who is going to get killed and I could kill them sort of off screen in the epilogue or something, just me narrating right. their death would have been boring. Yeah. So I wanted him to be the instrument of <coughs> the, the killing. That's that's a, yeah. I thought that was perfect. I, th- was I think really if cool. uh, you know we, but it would also would have been nice and poetic if you know we would have built up some sort of big finale of Rocky heading to the well and you guys yeah. you know, figuring out a way to oversee this thing, and then and then that's what happens. The you know Rocky is falling forever with Bugshosh chasing him, but never quite reaching him. That would be cool. As far too. as we know. Yeah. Maybe as far as we know. We right. years yeah. in the future, something happened. Yeah. Uh, Gabe, do you get a final question? Uh, yes, for Brian. No. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, that burger sub. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, so for Brian, uh, how will the how will the rest of Pippa's life be affected after having interacted with Roy and Rocky and seen all of these things, do you think she'll just go back to being a realtor and try and live through it? Or I have been thinking about this for two weeks. <laughs> um, she doesn't remember the majority of you, of Rocky, of the events. She just knows there was something tragic in her life. And she's just working on macrame right now. Just trying to put her pieces together. I like she's it. a nerd. She's a nerd. <laughs> a little bit of Swiss cheese in the brain right crazy, now. Crazy nerd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I have a question uh, for Gabe. Uh, Roy seemed pretty eager to remain in the dreamlands after the celebratory defeat of Bugshosh in Ulthar. If that had happened, what do you imagine Roy's life would have been like and what would he have done for the rest of his years in Ulthar or in the Dreamlands? I think that that would have been a, had he remained there, it would have been a sort of mental breakdown for him where he would have just spent the rest of his days trying to relive his times with the people he cared most about traveling through the different areas and Seeing and watching things with Bugsy and, you know, throwing rocks at trains with his brothers and things like that, that he hasn't really been able to do for a while in the real world. All the things that he misses most. And yeah, it probably would have been a soulless existence to some, but I think that that probably would have just been happiness for him because that's really all he wants to do. Yeah. Nice. So you would have been a cat farmer. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Atulia has a question for Brian and Matt. If you could have permanently switched out Pippa or Rocky for one of the other characters we saw again, would you have and which one? Me personally, I would not have. Um, I've come to peace with those characters being gone. 
Um, it was awesome. It was really, really, really cool to be able to revisit them for that short amount of time and to jump back in. It was brilliant, really. Um, but I was also, I'm also very fond of Pippa. I mean, we've gone through a lot, developed a lot. And she's like real, you know? So to replace her would have been a disservice to Pippa. I mean, same. I enjoyed going back, especially to detox, but I feel like hard swapping them at the last moment like that would have been really unsatisfying narratively for me personally and for the show as a whole to just kind of have this sudden, you know, 90 degree pivot. And it would have it would have been entertaining for a little bit, but I feel like it's a lot more a lot more satisfying and you get a lot more closure having the characters that started the journey finish the journey. Yeah, but how does Detox feel about it? Oh, you'll never know because they're, you know, dead. Oh. All right. Uh, Chris Parker has a question for me. Were there any alternate takes for John's or ideas on the cutting room floor that are safe to share or anything put in John's that they missed and you wish they'd found? Uh, there were no items or anything like that in the John's that, uh, that they missed. It was pretty well streamlined. But uh, there were initially... Uh, supposed to be a couple other, like I said, I set out to do houses and I, I had a couple other houses. I really wanted the Arroyo household to be one of those um, jaunts um, and probably in the past and so forth. And I even played with the idea of having all the Arroyo kids so we could revisit yeah. that. But it ju I just could not make it fit. Once we got going, um, I realized it was going to be take forever to do all that stuff so yeah. it, it would have been a full episode circus had you done yeah. that you wouldn't have been able to pry me away from it i yeah. know i know <laughs> it, it it just it plus it just sort of didn't make sense i, I couldn't make it make sense particularly yeah. once i had settled upon going in the uh uh the different scenario or the different cases one by one in reverse order except for one little swaparoo um it wouldn't have made sense. I could I couldn't make it make sense. So it, so that was the one one uh, the royal household, and there was one other house that I had to leave on the cutting room floor. Uh, all right, and up to a start is for Gabe. How did Roy and Greta first meet? Do you still remember what Greta's maiden name is? And if you had come up with a screen door themed Pokemon, what would it be? Start with the last question. I wouldn't come up with a screen door theme Pokemon because I think that the household item Pokemons are the thing that have murdered that franchise. Um, her last name is Snowmobile. Her maiden name was Snowmobile. Um, and we met like every other Arroyo couple met uh, in high school. Uh, she thought that we were. I was a gross, icky boy. And I just kept throwing snowballs at her until she learned to like me. That's generally how it goes. Uh, so, you know, it's a true love story. Absolutely. That's all there is to it. Perfect. It's a it's a tale of persistence and snowballs. Uh, and uh, our next to final question tonight comes from Crosey. Hi, Crow. So tape 13 was just another dream sequence, right? Right. No, I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not, Crow. That is the end of Roy and Pippa and Rocky. And indeed, this whole concept. Um, 
to lead into Atulia's question in the chat, which was, do you have thoughts for new characters? Will they somehow be tied to the story thus far? Maybe NPCs we've already seen or brand new? The answer to that question is brand new. And the reason for that is, well, not even the reason, because we had planned it even prior to that. Um, But anyways, yeah. So uh, we're going to set aside all of the previous stuff and we're going back in time. I tried to give you as many clues as I possibly could, uh, not the investigators, but the listeners, uh, the, each of the tapes in case 14 were song titles or not song titles, but lyrics. And many of those lyrics were from, uh, songs in the seventies, eighties, and, that's kind of where we're headed. So uh, I gave you a little bit of a hint with the, I believe the one of the uh, uh, role for whatever I did, the K Billy's sounds of the seventies. Yeah. Uh, that was a little hint that we were heading in that direction, that direction. So um, we will be heading to the year 1974 and we will begin with only two investigators because we are losing a player. And it is with mixed emotions we say goodbye to Gabe, who is moving on to bigger and better things. So this, for all intents and purposes, will be his last show. Sorry, Justin just said good Matt's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. He said... Look what yeah, you've done, Justin. It's, Look what I'm you've done. Very happy for him. Very happy. Yep. Um, and it doesn't mean he's gone. He's just very <laughs> busy. He's a very busy grown-up now. Yeah, grown-up. Adulting is, sucks. Adulting sucks. It's pretty cool when you do it right. So if you guys find any adults that did it right, let me know. Yeah, let me know. Because <laughs> I'd like to talk to them. And obviously, we we have nothing but gratitude for Gabe, yeah. who's been with us for. So many cases, and it's done such yeah. a great job. And and it's Roy like has at least been a, a year, I think. Yeah, just I think up six months or so. I don't know. <laughs> but Roy has been an indelible character that has uh, really made an impression on a lot of our listeners and on us as players. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we really appreciate everything that he's done. Everything, and uh, well. hope, hope he'll stick around and you know keep his company on Discord and and yeah. pop in every now and then when he's got time to say howdy. Yeah, I I don't. It's really tough. I almost went there at, when he was saying it, but then Matt Matt getting kicked off the show also made me feel better. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's this has been one of the most fun things I've ever done. Uh, I really hate to have to go, but I don't want to not be able to commit what everyone else is committing. I don't. I have to be fair to everybody. I just can't do it to them. I am going to miss it. And of course, I'm still going to be in the Discord. And of course, you have to tag me if you want me to read something for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be around. I'm I'm definitely going to try and do some some guest spots as desired and things like that. And, you know, I'm not going to stop being friends with these guys as much as they are hoping that that's what will happen. 
Though also, if I ever see any negative comments about Roy, I'm leaving the Discord and I'm <laughs> done. Uh, but yeah, I'm just I'm very grateful. I love everybody here. I love all three of you guys, and I love every all the listeners. And I, I'm gonna miss it. It's really tough. Yeah. So it's been a big part of my life, and I really appreciate everything from you guys and all the listeners and everyone. You, you forgot you, uh... to say it's not you, it's me. <laughs> Oh, it's you. It's not me. It's you. <laughs> I think uh, the yeah, biggest blow here is uh, it's the loss of the Matt and Gabe show. Yeah, I know no, our, no. our billions of fans worldwide are going to be deeply upset. No, so the real don't. truth's coming out. You're both leaving, and you're starting the Matt and Gabe show or the <laughs> Gabe and Matt show. I was going to announce on Discord later that every Wednesday we will be with <laughs> Matt and Gabe show. at 9 p.m. <laughs> nice. Well. You know, obviously, we uh, we love you, yeah. Matt. Or uh, Gabe. <laughs> oh, man. Is that a Freudian slip? Ooh, oh, that was shit. close. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our socials, including Discord, Reddit, YouTube, Twitch, mastodon and much much more you can find me on mastodon at lovecraft tapes and uh if anybody wants to offer character ideas or you know any any kind of thoughts on the process uh i'm always bubbling and brewing new things in my brain you can find me on mastodon at the real weird kid if anybody wants to uh, spend money now that I'm losing this massive source of income. You can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. And anybody wants to hold me to this, uh, I'll give you my share of this huge fortune that we have. Uh, reach out to me at uh, Cup and String at Brian's Cup and String. <laughs> cup and String. Because I'm done with social media. Right. I mean, it's better than Brian's Cup and Balls. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what it is. That... <laughs> One cup, two balls. I don't get it. Hi, Brian. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Until next time, roll four freeze frame high five. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2022. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.